Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au.
the only thing I can say to you here tonight is Donald Trump? Yeah! About the only... 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally, first broadcasting noon to one every Sunday afternoon. And Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues and the show proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. Well, had to play that more than twice. Oh, what a glorious Sunday it is here in Melbourne. The sun is shining. We're hours away from restrictions being lifted. And it's a Joe Biden victory. And also on the show today, a new midnight oil track for the first time in around 18 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, The planets are aligning. And there's so much going on. Today is um, Intersex, Intersex Solidarity Day, marking the end of 14 days of intersex. Fringe festivals underway. But I'm going to be joined appropriately why we opened up Anyone Would Think This Show Was Planned with um, Dire Straits from Communique and Lady Writer by two people involved in the Feminist Writers Festival, um, declaring the interest that I'm involved in a paid capacity as a um, panellist and writer myself. But it is an absolute pleasure to welcome um, to 3CR. First of all, I'll ask um, Nikki to introduce oneself, um, title pronouns and which lands you're on. Nikki, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Sally. So my name is Nikki Anderson, she, her, and I am the director of the Feminist Writers Festival and I'm coming to you from Nam, so Melbourne and the lands of the Kulin Nation. And I'd also like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. Thank you so much. And my other guest equally on the Zooming line is Aziel. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Asiel. My pronouns are they, them. I'm currently transmitting to you live from the Cooling Nation, from Pula uh, Quebec, which is the Cooling name for Brunswick. Ah, oh, well, good to know that. I think I think we know more of that. Where I live, not where I am now, um, is the Bolon Bolon people out in, which translates into bullying in anglicised, and apparently originally meant lyrebird. And ever since um, I found that out, I've had visions of lyrebirds all around the house. It does give that, it feels like there is a connection to earth and nature when we find out about these things. So it is incredibly welcome. Um, Nikki, I might throw to you first to give a bit of an overview of the Feminist Writers Festival, its history, what we're doing this year, and of course, um, in this time of um, less interpersonal contact, how that's affected the festival. So dive in there first. Yeah, sure. It has been a big um, year of change. I mean, obviously for everyone, but um, yeah, for for those of us working with festivals and events, it has meant a real rethink of um, what we're doing. So we, Feminist Writers Festival started out in 2016 and it was very much about um, an in real life gathering of feminists from around um, the country. So a lot of feminist and literary um authors writers of all sorts of genres were meeting up online and there was sort of this hankering to meet in person so that's how we came about someone you know had the bright idea of like hey why don't we all get you know get together in the same room and and that's how it formed so it was really about I think quite that kind of feminist sort of um, need to get together, to um, gather, to network, to chat, to work out, you know, how, how are we going to negotiate this world of ours? And, you know, though that sort of reasoning of, of negotiating and navigating um, our world and different, um, you know, social circles and sort of all the rights aspects of, of society certainly hasn't um, diminished this year. I think we've seen more of a need than ever mm. to, to talk about about, you know, our rights as feminists, as women and non-binary people in all aspects of, of life. So we did have to sort of go, okay, well, we're not going to be able to gather together in that same way in person, but, you know, hey, we can all get together over Zoom, we can connect in different ways. So it definitely shaped um, the way we were going to deliver the program, obviously, and traditionally we've had, you know, panel sessions, workshops, you know, those sorts of real in-person things. But we thought, well, look, let's look at the positives. We can certainly have panels over Zoom, but then we've also got the think-ins, which um, you are both invo- involved with, Sally and, and Aziel, mm-hmm. and we've sort of 
rather than just having an online session because we thought, well, at this stage in this crazy year where people are fairly zoomed out, we want to add a bit more of richness to our programming. So all of the speakers involved with our thinking sessions have written essays as well. So we're trying to really give our audience um, a really deep kind of understanding of, of some issues from different points of view. And then we'll bring these writers and speakers together to kind of, you know, chat a little bit more about them. And so we've got our the four themes that we're looking at in that way, the politics of health, um, our culture of violence, intersections of the law, and one on activism called being feminist, staying bold. So it sort of gives people, yeah, that opportunity to do a bit of pre-reading, but also for those who perhaps don't want to do the Zoom thing, they can read the essays and still, you know, um, yeah, have a think about the big issues of today as we see them. Yeah. Then the, oh, sorry. No, yeah, you the keep other- going. Yeah, the other stream we've got then is um, FWF Talks, which is a new podcast series. So again, at the beginning of the year, we had, you know, all these big topics that we wanted to explore. And we said, okay, well, we'll do some via essays and um, the thinkings, the panels, and then we'll do some via podcast. So that's another really accessible way that that people can link into some fantastic conversations. So they've been um, being published in the lead up to the festival every Friday. So we've had three of those published and we've got one more to go this Friday before we have our festival day on Saturday. So, yeah, it's just been a reimagining of how people are accessing content, um, yeah, and the best way to, to deliver things really. Yeah, look, if there is anything good, inverted commas, that comes out of this year, I think we have learnt how to make things accessible. And as we mm-hmm. can move back to, what we'll say, an increasingly full life, I think we're going to blend the two. And, of course, that will have um, benefits for people with disabilities of all sorts, anxiety, mental health, neuroprocessing, that sort of thing. I think there's um, there's going to be more engagement as mm-hmm. we sort of merge the two and come up well, to use an obvious pun for this show, covering pun sexual issues, um, we'll throw more ingredients into the pan and come up with an even better recipe. But you mentioned Definitely. there's lots of topics to cover. And mm. um, um, Aziel, you're here because of um, your covering something which I know is very, very close to your heart. And I want to say right off the bat, you've done amazing work in, and that's health issues. Tell us a little bit about your um, sort of specific area and how it, um, perhaps if you like, how, how it links in with Nikki's overview. Thank you. And, and yeah, absolutely. It's um, been, been quite interesting working during this kind of COVID times. Um, to, to provide, I guess, a little bit of background, my, my main work is as a general practitioner um, currently at, at Northside Clinic. Um, mm-hmm. So we see quite a lot of uh, folks who are on the LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. um, community um, and within that work a lot in trans and gender diverse health. Um, and as someone who's of kind of non-binary experience myself, I, I bring a lot of those elements as well into the, the healthcare I deliver. Um, it was really fantastic to take part in the Feminist Writers Festival. I feel like this whole year I've had a bit of a poetry cap on. So it gave me a bit of a chance to take that up and swap it for, for more of an essay hat on, <laughs> which I haven't done in a little while, which was uh, absolutely delightful. Um, and it allowed me to reflect on how we really train our medical professionals and how, let's say, the whole system of medicine is um, made with a specific experience and a specific kind of person in mind. Uh, and a lot of the time when people don't fit into that mold, um, really they have to self-advocate and challenge the system and, and face a lot of pushback that we don't expect of many patients. Um and in reflecting in, in that essay and with um, chatting with some of our co-panelists, we found that there was this thread of lift experience that crosses across um, not only non-binary people, but also people with chronic illness, people whose experience um, doesn't fit that kind of um, predetermined medical mold or mm. doesn't fit into that medical system as easily. Um, so it, was, it has been a wonderful opportunity to really reflect on, on those practices and how Feminism comes to bear on on our medical systems and the, the things that it can offer to really better and improve on on that that um, healthcare delivery. Yeah, gosh, there's there's so much in there coming to mind. I um, clear, I'll clear one thought that as um, in my as I call it my mild mannered day job as a diversity educator, um, including healthcare. That's certainly something that comes to mind. That we certainly need more inclusive practice. We'll say from a um, you know body. Um, sex characteristics, gender identity and expression, sexual romantic orientation. We all know of that. And, of course, Ace Week finished last week and we know 
um, often that ACE people can face stigma with psychological health professionals. But, of course, all the intersections, you know, come in there too with um, this program, of course, focused on um, queer issues, but, you know, um, you know, queer and um, disability and all those sorts of things, or even if it's not directly to do with the healthcare, the person who needs an assistance dog and is told you can't bring the dog in here, all these things um, directly and indirectly are so important. I could imagine that you might have had had trouble trying to narrow down your essay a bit because there is so much. Yeah, that's right. We, we tried to kind of keep it relatively well focused. And, and my particular interest is, is really in medical education and how we teach the new kind of upcoming doctors mm. that are um, in training. My, my impression, my general thought around it is that if we get them early and <laughs> then they don't have to unlearn all of those mm. things that come really, really cemented with years and years and years of practice. And, and you know, when I was um, kind of going through medical school, I was so excited to learn about kind of um, queer health. And it never came. <laughs> and I was kind of holding out. I was like, next year, next year, there's another rotation. That rotation would be the one. Um, but it never kind of um, came along. So, so what's um, also really exciting about this space is that there's a lot of young up-and-coming uh, medical students, medical doctors who are really keen and passionate to, mm. to learn more, self-educate, self-advocate, um, advocate on their peers' behalf. Um, so it's something that's really coming up, up to the fore. So I think the medical schools in particular will have um, yeah, an interesting time to make for more space in the curriculum around how we teach these, these issues. Definitely. I do see that. I mean, and I, again, I want to thank the work you've done in your, you know, while you were studying with medical students and have you've, I think, you know, sort of built other people to keep that flowing, which is fantastic. And it will filter through over time. And I am seeing more and more people, you know, approach me and organisations with which I'm connected in my work and say, you know, we want to be more inclusive, although I'll outright disclose I'm a member of the queer community or I'm bi. And that's, I think, something that really, really helps. Um, so we need that flow through on so many issues. Nikki, I'll come back to you. Um, you know, um, run us through some of the other great events and um, topics, panellists, panel, queer or otherwise, that are part of Feminist Writers Festival. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I mean, I think the thread that comes through the whole um, program, which is, you know, we are trying to cover a lot of topics but it is really this thing of lived experience being so valuable and whether that's your personal or your um or your professional life or indeed the combination of them and that's sort of really um honoring the intersections of everyone's identities that we're all living with multiple experiences and intersections and, and things that influence our lives and being able to write about those and talk about those is so important from um you know an educative point of view and um also just to yeah to honor that to just sort of say that this this is the way we are as people and if we can understand more of that then it's going to push us forward as a society so we slightly off what you what you um asked me sally but i guess it's this you know we we really see the Feminist Writers Festival as something that's more than just about new books or, or mm. you know, say fiction writers or your typical kind of writers festival. It is much more about that activist space and it's writers of all persuasions, all genres um, and feminists of all persuasions as well. So it's really we see it as a very broad church and, and it is all about that experience and greater understanding, um, yeah, for everyone. So, but, yeah, in terms of um, other topics, so I mentioned our thinking um, really about yeah the culture of violence that we you know live with in this country because of um, our history of colonization mm. how that then feeds into you know society on many sorts of levels um, the inequities in our health system that we've spoken about in our legal system mm. um, and and how to be an activist in all these different spaces and and then in our talks mm. series the podcast series um, the one that I guess is going to be that's perhaps going to resonate most with your audience, Sally, is Where is the Queer Writing? And that is a fabulous conversation with so many recommendations. Like, honestly, it's all your reading and your viewing fixed for the next year. So we've got three great um, writers and activists talking about, um, you know, where they're seeing um, great queer writing at the moment. A lot of it is online and a lot of it's on TV, actually, but there are some great book recommendations as well. Um, Feisty But Friendly is a really uh, great other podcast, which is about, I think, yeah, so I've spoken about honouring um, honoring 
experience and that is about how we can accept that within the feminist community and within the activist communities there are so many different ways of being and so many Mm -hmm. things that people sort of um that hold dear and important how do we um hold all of those how do we push our point of view but how do we listen at the same time so how do we sort of have argument but with a resolution and that sort of idea that we can have differing opinions but we can be respectful we can learn Mm. we So I think that's a really great discussion. Uh, Another one that's feminism for all. So that is really about accessibility and intersectionality in feminism. And the final one that will be released this um, Friday is ecofeminism. So it's sort of harking back to perhaps that 70s concept of ecofeminism, but bringing it forward to what we're all grappling with at the moment, like how are we living in this world, how are we treating our planet and how that is so integral to the way we live, to our First Nations people. And that's a wonderful conversation with um, Lydia Thorpe, Senator Lydia Thorpe, oh, Alice sense. Robinson, novelist and science writer Inga Simpson. So, yeah, there's such a breadth and, um, yeah, again, great experience, great points of view and fun. Lots of, I think that's the thing as well, like it, it all sounds really worthy and um, mm. perhaps a bit earnest, but um, just from the podcast ones because I've had the, you know, we've been able to listen to them already, just a lot of great fun conversations, people you want to be in a room with even if it's a virtual room. So I think the, um, the thinking panels on Saturday they are going to be much the same. Yep. Just the one thing I will flesh out a bit more, any um, out and proud queer people, um, given that this is a show, um, apart from obviously from AZL, um, you know, sort of we yeah. can talk about just so that people go, oh, I know that person and they're awesome yeah. or I've heard they're awesome um, or to find out more about their awesomeness. Who have we got? Yeah, absolutely. So on the intersections of the law panel, obviously we've got you, Sally, and um, Fernanda Dahlstrom is a legal advocate um, based in Brizzy. So Melbourne um, listeners might not know much about her, but she's a lesbian woman and um, yeah doing great things particularly in Indigenous communities for legal advocacy and for incarceration of women in particular mm-hmm. um, politics of health session obviously we've got Asiel and then in our um, where is the queer writing podcast obviously all all queer um, people there feisty but friendly we've got the wonderful Tarnine uh, Onus Williams who's a bit of a firebrand but also a great advocate in the Indigenous but also queer spaces feminism for all we've got the amazing jacks jackie brown yeah all your listeners will have heard of and jacks really brings such great depth to that Mm. um conversation because she's coming at it from multiple intersectionalities and she's also um such a great kind of advocate for understanding and Mm. and yeah taking experience and yeah and and for growth like she's just such a gentle advocacy I really I really like you know a firebrand but from a really kind of positive sort of manner so yeah there's heaps there's heaps for um for the um LGBTIQ plus communities in the program yeah definitely there and I, um, before I come back to Azil, I wanted to mention you mentioned that um, it's, you know, argument with resolution, it will be safe. And that's something that mm. we just really want to emphasise that the festival um, will not tolerate any sort of hate speech, trolling, and people will be immediately kicked with a very um, big heel out of Zoom if they start misbehaving, that sort of thing. We just want to really Definitely. push that across. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely a safe space for everyone. Like I said, all comers, we want to all be you know, discussing, growing, learning. It's about that positive change. Yeah, and, well, Jax exemplifies that. I mean, I remember seeing Jax at a, um, well, an an in-person gathering where, you know, yes, they had a disability ramp and up came Jax onto stage and what was it? The rostrum had one of, I call them those spider bendy mics Mm. and, of course, it was on top of the rostrum and was no use. (laughs) But she'd handled it with such grace and dignity and just, okay, let's learn for next year. Mm. So I I love the way she calls people in and then, you know, sort of but calls out the issues, which I think is a nice distinction to have. Aziel, more thoughts from you. Um, You know, sort of what would would you like to see come out of it from the perspective of your health um, type of panel? You know, what sort of learnings, who would you like to be reaching out to which allies would you like to be building etc yeah absolutely i think funnily enough um probably one of the biggest outcomes is is more on a, on a personal one um mm-hmm. i think we've got some really fantastic panelists with Catalina Breyer and uh kit mcmahon who's um chairing the 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 session and it's been such a privilege um not only reading Catalina brand's work um so her book 
is a memoir of a chronic illness, uh, hysteria. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she links it with the way that um, women have been treated throughout the centuries uh, through this kind of patriarchal medical lens around it. Um, so one of the biggest takeaways in having these discussions and having these reflections is really that conversation um, through through lived experience. And, you know, even though we spend, uh, doc- well, doctors spend um, all day, every day talking to their patients, really that frank, open discussion about what that lived experience is, um, it's, it's really quite quite unique and quite a privilege to sit in and reflect with a lot of those thoughts. Um, I suppose in terms of people that I would like to to reach out are for anyone who's had those experiences with the medical system to come in and provide their own insights um, for any other health professionals who might be out there um, tuning into the Feminist Writers Festival. It'd be fantastic to really come in, have that shared conversation and get that mutual understanding because sometimes across that um, kind of medical divide that the diagnostic lens and the lived experience can, can have such a gap um, and I'm hoping that this particular panel will, will really bring those two together, um, as well as from, you know, people who are trans and gender diverse, that understanding of our lived experience um, mm. and what the, let's say, medical profession puts on top of that can be quite, quite different. Um, so I'm hoping that this panel, in a way, will reconcile those two and, and allow for, for a really um, wonderful conversation to, to progress and how to bridge that gap. Absolutely. And I was going to say, well, you're you know, right in the bridge, so to speak, as a as a doctor and as someone who's part of the, well, I'm not sure of your labels, sorry, but as someone I'll just say who comes broadly under the queer communities, um, you know, you're right in that position to facilitate it. But though I really like the idea of bringing in even more lived expertise, mine is mine, yours is yours. And if we can get more and enrich it, wow! Um, I'll keep I'll keep the I'll keep the pun like theme going. We'll have have an even better recipe again, um, which will be really cool. Um, all right, Nikki, how do people book for the Feminist Writers Festival, um, and what do, what do they need to do, and where do they need to go, and all that sort of thing, and when yeah. exactly when is it on? So it is on um, next Saturday, the 14th of November from 9.30 is our first session through to we've got a lovely free session at the end of the day on craftivism. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, basically book tickets online, um, feministwritersfestival.com. Could not be easier. Follow the, follow the links, the usual kind of stuff. Um, you can buy individual session um, tickets or you can buy a day pass for the whole day. So um, And that's four sessions over the day. Um, yeah, session's just over an hour, basically. And I should mention, with lots of audience participation, we hope that's always a hallmark of our sessions, that we have a lot of discussion. It's not, you know, experts up on the uh, stage talking down to you. So we're trying to make that um, as interactive as we can in this in this um, Zoom kind of age. So, yeah, so feministwritersfestival.com, basically. Fantastic. Azil, um, Azil, and sorry, any last thoughts from you about um, your panel, the festival, anything really? <laughs> oh, well, I'm really looking forward to really diving into the panel. I think it'd be a fantastic session and to participating in the other ones as well. We've got such a broad range of topics um, that have a lot of really rich experience that are bringing in by, by not only the panellists, but also the audience. I think that's a beautiful way to end the interview. Um Azil, Nikki, so much thanks for your time coming on at relatively short notice as well. But a pleasure to have you with us. Enjoy the Sunday um, afternoon here in um, on Nam and um, the beautiful weather and the freedom that's coming and the, well, freedom for the whole world, I think we could say. Oh, what, a, so, what an amazing day. <laughs> it really is awesome. Um, thanks so much for being on. I'll get you just to um, hang on for um, a second. Um, and I'll just um, get some music a playing, and just to go into that um, spirit of um, fun, um, let's have a track from Becky Cole, who always has a sense of fun and is a, a wonderful woman. And well, um, she can um, have a bit of fun too. This was written before she came out some years ago. A track called "Better Man" from her Live at Lazotte's album. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand. Out of the pan with Sally. Try to read, say 
was and tried to be something I really was and tried to please you any way I could. It didn't do no good. Then I tried squeezing in the latest fashions and my diets ran from Slim Fast to Atkins realized after Tybo class I don't want to make you happy that bad I ain't changing nothing just to have your loving yeah I'm alright with who I am I don't need to be a better woman I just need a better One who sees all my flaws and imperfections And believes I'm exactly what he likes That's sounding like a little more my type I ain't changing nothing Just to have your loving Yeah, I'm alright with who I am I don't need to be a better woman I just need a better man Sleep 
Hey, I'm Lady Lash. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, the voice of the set. 3CR is so awesome, giving the platform for people's voices to be heard and people's gifts to be heard. And always remember that you are amazing. Three CR eight five five AM, three CR digital, three CR dot org dot AU, three CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon till one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. Thanks again to Nikki and Aziel from um, who are part of the Feminist Writers Festival, and once again declaring that I'm involved in the festival in a paid capacity. But all um, that aside, if I can put it that way, so exciting, a great range of speakers, and I wanted to say one thing. Um, I got an invite to another event in my own life, which is, they put this really well, they said the non-binary people are welcome, but the event is centred around women's experience. Now, that's a nice way to, I think, do the intersectionality. So, and I think that we also live in, and when it comes to things like body, gender, sex, we live in a hierarchical structure where, um, unless in very, very simplistic inverted commas, you are a really macho bloke you sort of do face some degree of negativity and in that light I think um, we can stick together you know you know put, put ideas into the pan I'm going to keep that theme going all day and away we go well it is hard to um, keep the excitement restrained because yes let's go to the very big picture first and I wish I had um, the ability um, you know, to multitask massively because there's so much going on. Let's start with a really, really big thing that's obviously doesn't just have influence in the United States, but all around this um, planet Earth. And that is, of course, um, over, overnight Australian time in the wee hours of um, Sunday morning Australian Eastern time, that is, um, Joe Biden um, declared president-elect of, of the United States, now a clear majority in the Electoral College. Well, this has so many implications. I mean, first of all, you know, um, let's try to get it out of the way in terms of Donald Trump. I just, I struggle to understand people like that who can honestly behave the way they do and just, you know, say the things that they do when they just seem, you know, 180 degrees exactly around from reality. And I think that that's the first thing that hopefully now that extreme has passed in America and that Joe Biden can at least pull back some ground. He's you know, it's Initially, my thoughts are that there clearly is resistance from the sort of extreme end of the conservatives end and the Republican end, and he's going to have a battle to try to deal with that. But I also think that since the bulk of the, um, you know, the actual election day, which was you know, Tuesday American time going into Wednesday afternoon Australian Eastern, um, and as the result began to emerge, or the trend began to emerge, a lot of re- more reasonable Republicans have said, hey, you've got to accept the result. I hope that will flow through in the end to those sort of more extreme end of the Republicans as well. But I suppose the challenge is Biden has a job to sort of about do some things that will restore just some common sense um, and also then, you know, move things forward. Um Issues that go beyond this show, obviously a Biden government would be better in terms of environment and climate change than Trump, who pulled out of the Paris Accord, um, that sort of thing. Um, Not my area of, of course, um, prior to this program, the Marine News comes in with Out of the Blue, as they they dived deep, as they always do. And following this program, Freedom of Species, I'm talking all things animal um, and advocacy. I'm sure um, they'll probably have things in time that they will want to say as well. But I just think overall got to be better. But, you know, narrowing down the helicopter view, so to speak, focusing in on the queer issues that are at the heart of this program, obviously better. Um, So many reasons. Biden has said that within the first 100 days, for example, he will, um, you know, sort of um, do something to turn around the horrible situation that trans people, particularly trans women and double particularly trans women of colour face in America. And it's been a horrendous year this year. And... You know, yes, we all have responsibility for our own lives or are supposed to take it, that responsibility. The thing is, when you have people leading by better example, it does make a difference. And I truly hope that um, that can be the case and we can start stemming that tide of hate, showing more respect and getting things back onto a better track there. And it can um, happen around the world. 
Now, Melina has sent me a wonderful email. Hi, Melina. Great to have you listening in on what is such an awesome day um, of, um, you know, there's been a lot of um, queer people elected across the um, two um, legislature houses in America, houses of parliament, the equivalent thereof, as we would call them here or in UK or Canada. And one which I wasn't aware of. So thanks, Melina. Disability advocate Jessica Benham made history in Pennsylvania, which of course has been at the centre of things in the last few days, um, by becoming the first state's first bisexual candidate and queer woman elected to the legislature. Um, And she's, well, it says here on this article from www.them.us, reportedly defeated Republican A.J. Doyle. No, not A.J. Styles. That was the obligatory wrestling reference. Oh, hang on. We had that right at the start of the show. Um, the race for House, State House District 36. Um, Pennsylvania's first ever state representative with autism and just one of a handful of neurodivergent state legislators to have um, served nationwide. Um, she founded the Pittsburgh Center for Autistic Advocacy, um, funding for education, environmental protections, fair, fair, scales, um, um, fair wages for workers, guaranteeing access to health care. Um, my life is on the ballot, um, in, she has said, um, and, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, has been very, very, um, you know, sort of she said she thanks voters for their overwhelming support, an absolute honour to represent you in Harrisburg, ready to get to work well. Um, we're ready to watch you. And um, many others, Brian Sims, Malcolm Kenyatta in the Pennsylvania General Assembly, um, and of course, um, lots more there. We'll keep an eye on that in the coming weeks. But the big one for me, and this is the um, the sort of fan squee moment, um, Sarah McBride, out trans woman, um, elected to the Senate in um, her home state, which I think from memory was um, Delaware. Um, apologies, don't have that in front of me, but... Well, um, of course, it is important to the people in one of those 50 states, but um, I, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I met her, but I, I'm going to say I met her because I really want to say I found her when I spoke with her one-on-one. She was genuine, authentic, clear-cut, didn't do pol- political spin or anything, didn't fob me off with the query that I had at the time. And I can live with, I can agree to disagree with people if they're, if they're honest, but it's this whole spin and, you know, sort of nonsense that we see from people like, um, obviously, a Donald Trump, who thankfully now has, pe- that has peaked, um, that is so awesome. Um, as I say, I wish there could be four of me multitasking. This isn't one of my best skills, but of course, Joe Biden, I believe, is talking at the moment. I'm getting some messages in from um, um, one of our, our amazing correspondents. We, of course, don't have regular correspondents on this show. That's Hoffler. Um, and um, how awesome it is. So what an amazing um, outcome. I, you know, it does give a sense of hope at long last that um, you know, some of these um, you know, sort of these things can start, well, be first be turned around, but then moved forward, which we need so much. Um, so, yeah, a huge week in America. Obviously, nerves frayed as it went on, but um, it did begin to come clear within a few hours um, that where the trend was. And then it was a matter of waiting. And, of course, as it was predicted, the postals and pre-boats and equivalent, as they're called, um, you know, sort of very much um, favoured Democrats, um, so that's been um, really, really fantastic um, um, to see all of these things happen. It is just um, very, very, um, you know, sort of welcome and um, um, to see see it all, you know, sort of come true and come through. Um, so, yeah, huge day in America. Um, let's have some more music and, well, something that this classic Aussie rock fan has waited to say for about 18 years, the first album of new music from Midnight Oil, um, the Macarata Project, um, featuring lots of great artists, Jessica Mowboy, Tasman Keith, Alice Skye, Frank Yama, um, you know, sort of many, many others. Um, but I wanted to play this track um, um, as the first track to play off it. Could be playing, could do a whole show just playing the album. Um, from the Macarata Project, Midnight Oil, featuring Dan Sultan, Joel Davison, um, Kalina Briggs and Bunna Laurie and Gadigal Land, um, north of Nam, where we are at the moment. 3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. One, two, 
From coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots derived grooves every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times and don't get feeling blue. The Japarung Heritage Protection Embassy is asking for support. On Monday 26th of October, a sacred directions tree was cut down on Japarung women's country. Traditional owners have called this an act of cultural genocide and more sacred trees remain under threat as works continue. Here's what you can do. 1. Come to the Embassy and protect the trees on the ground. Visit the Japarung Heritage Protection Embassy Facebook page for more information about how to get there and what to bring. 2. Ring Daniel Andrews on 96515000 and let him know what you think. 3. Educate yourself about the situation and spread the word to others. 4. Donate to the Embassy on their GoFundMe page. 3CR supports the Japarung Heritage Protection Embassy. No trees, no treaties. 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand in the midst of the lots of joy that is today. A reminder that um, that is definitely still happening and all solidarity to um, um, Jaburung people um, and supporters in that striving. What a just an absolutely inappropriate act um, was to cut down that tree. Um, not good at all. And I don't really think it's achieved anything for anyone, of course. I don't really think that um, it's helped the Andrews government either. Um, and, you know, they haven't done themselves any favours. Which leads in, of course, to, um, quickly to the other main news of today, of course, um, restrictions easing as scheduled um, in Victoria. I've got to say it was good to be out and about with some of the restrictions easing, doing that thing called brunch this week. Other strange things happened. I was out for, from qu- about quarter past eight in the morning to about seven o'clock at night during the week. I was like, what's this? And strange things happened. What was this charge on my credit card? Oh, it's my inner city, inner city parking app. Um, seriously, good to be out and about, and there will be more of it. But it does say that for all the right-wing bl- blathering, there's a good word, blathering, they've really made them, they've got more than a, you know, a few cartons of egg on their face, the way they've handled this um, in terms of the right-wing. I'm not saying for a second that the Andrews government and administration has done it perfectly either. Um you know, um, and, um, you know, um, they haven't, and they do need to be held to account for that. When you look at it now, nine donut days in a row, and even New South Wales has some cases, um, you know, most of which sure are from quarantine rather than situations rather than locally acquired or mystery. Um, you've got to um, say that the Andrew government stuck to their beliefs and that in the end has worked for everyone. And it's, there is now a sense of pride um, in that. And so we'll give credit where credit is due. I'm just noticing a tweet from the fabulous Felicity Marlowe on, um, well, a tweet on Twitter, like, duh, it's not on Facebook. Oh dear, it's too exciting um, about how Biden is, quote, saying all the words, end systemic racism, climate, decency, science, empathy, hope, plus included transgender people. What a great start. Now, I can't remember the last time if there was, and I'm happy to be corrected, maybe it was when Obama was elected in 2008, the trans people would have been included in a sort of um, presidential, we'll say, victory acceptance speech uh, or proclamation speech. That's pretty damn huge. So we'll take that. Um, very, very important. Very quickly, yours truly, as well as being in the Feminist Writers Festival next Saturday, is in a fringe event um, this Thursday, which um, was the reason I, part of the reason I was Utnabut. On Wednesday, um, pre-recorded, will be online Thursday evening from around 8 o'clock. Um, it's pays you can afford. And I've got to say, just even in the green room, the queer energy with um, nine other wonderful queers, including the organiser, the fabulous Sam, um, was just awesome. So if that was the energy in the green room, I can't wait to hear it. It's called get, Let Me Get Something Off My Chest. 
um, and it's not my size twenties either. Boom, boom. Um, that and there's a hint. Um, seriously, no, um, maybe not. But um, you know, sort of, please come along and support it. Um, it's been, um, you know, um, it's been a tough year, and we're just having a chance to let our proverbial polite hair down and get rid of it. Um, so please, you know, make sure that um, you know. Um, um, you know, you can come along if you can, and it is, um, you know, as I say, pay as you can afford. Um, also, the last, um, you know, sort of um, words um, coming in from amazing correspondent Hoffler is that um, reinforcing unity and breaking glass ceilings with Kamala Harris. Um, you know, it's not going to be an easy job, but they are trying it. And uh, Melina's just come in right on um, this email's just come in. Um, you know, sort of um, same thing. Unity, heal America. What a contrast with decency and very pre- um, presidential attitudes. Yeah, I felt Biden's been like, to use a term that used to exist, statesman like, statesperson like. Kamala's speech reinforced healing. Biden being a good model, model for children. What will it have for here, Australia? Well, as said, I think it will flow through um, around the world. People do tend to follow the posi- the example of people in pro- positions of prominence and influence, and when they're good leaders and not just people in power, it could make a difference. And I think it will have to, to some extent, um, put a bit of a lid or uproot some of the right-wing ranting we've had here and, you know, sort of maybe, who knows, maybe, I'm not saying it could, will, but it could, Melina and listeners, show up um, the Morrison government for what they really are underneath. And I think the ramifications of Queensland last week, seeing the collapse in One Nation and Palmer votes, which, you know, was a factor in the last federal election, um, well, as I say, hope and optimism abound. Just to quickly run through the music for today, Die Straits, Lady Writer from the Communique album, um, Becky Cole's Better Woman from Live at Lazotte's, Neil Young, Rockin' in the Free World, it feels like a lot of that on so many ways again, the sobering thought from Midnight Oil's fantastic project, of which um, all proceeds um, go to organisations who seek to elevate the Uluru Statement from the Heart, which is really important. But I'll take it out today with a track from a Russell Morris album called A Thousand Sons, which um, was from the late 80s, early 90s, and a track that seems so appropriate, a new dawn breaking. Thanks once again to Nikki and Aziel for being guests on the show. Thanks to all our amazing correspondents on the show. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Every time you close your eyes Do you feel there is something always missing? Somewhere in you inside It's like an emptiness that you can't ever fill Some things were meant to change And some things they'll always stay the same But your time has come So take your heart 